This week, Apple wants to rent you a phone, Netflix wants to give you more games, and YouTube is giving you free movies. It's Sunday, March 27th, 2022, and this is episode 620 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, through our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, or YouTube, where you can join the community and get ad-free versions of F5 Live and the Pilch Point, or on our website, plughitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. If you're not able to join us live, that is okay as well. You can always go to plughitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, uh, including F5 Live, Pilch Point, and a whole lot more. And of course, find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. We are back. Abram, we took, uh, last week we had to take off because, um, ooh, uh, <laughs> our cast and crew were not feeling well here in the studio. <laughs> I had a headache that wouldn't quit, and uh, Alante could not fill in for the exact same reason. <laughs> but uh, we're all sitting upright this week, <laughs> which is a huge, adva- a huge move uh, past the terrible place we were in. So it's good to be back. Uh, how did you? Uh, how was your week off last week? Hopefully, better than ours. Yeah, not not bad, not bad. You know, um, my son working on a lot of working on projects with my son a little bit. He's got we borrowed from work one of these an Oculus Quest Two, oh now known as a Meta Quest Two, I should say, uh-huh. uh, headset, and uh, have been working on the various ways that you can install Minecraft on this because that is all he actually cares about in the uh-huh. world of VR. Uh, but I, what I have discovered is that uh, there is a one VR headset worth owning, and this is it, because everything else is expensive or uh, or kind of useless. But uh, the Quest Two, and it seems that 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 is really borne out by like if you read online, like what people are actually buying. Uh, unless you're a business buying it for like business use or something like that, or you just want like this cutting edge you know really expensive thousand dollar equipment it seems that this is the this is the headset of the moment mm-hmm. uh right now now who knows yeah. what will happen uh you know if uh meta will come out with something better but we have not heard any rumors about a, an update to this so possibly so possibly we'll to see. go along with the uh the release next year of quest for business to replace oculus for business you might see new hardware, but it's not required. It's going to work on the Quest right. 1 and 2, so... Eh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, so, you know, interesting. There's things to hack on it, which I always love. We figured out there's like a whole side-loading community mm-hmm. and the best side quest. way to play Minecraft. Yes, that's exactly what we did. You will see an article. I can't really demo this, so I didn't want to talk about it too much on, on sure. the show. 
Uh, but uh, you will see an article on Tom's Hardware this week about how to all the many different ways to play Minecraft on your Oculus <laughs> Quest 2. And uh, oh, SideQuest is how you load stuff on the side. And then there's a, a, a one called uh, Mine, uh, what is it? Questcraft. That is, there's an app called Questcraft, which is a unofficial port of Minecraft to the, Got it. to the to the quest two. So, anyway, uh, it's uh, you know, it's 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 interesting to see that there's sort of there sort of is VR out there for people. It's just not at the scale of right of like game recognition as we've talked about. There's not like a lot of games that people are like, oh, I got to play this. Right. Um, but nevertheless, uh, there's a reasonably affordable, usable uh, system out there, and, the, and this is it. Yeah. I Interestingly, I've also spent the last couple of weeks uh, with a Quest 2 mostly strapped to my face. It is likely where the headache last week came from, um, is, is my guess. Um, not because of the hardware, but because of the project itself. But um, so it's it's interesting that we both kind of fell into into the same hardware at yeah. the same time. I can see mine from here. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean, my son wants to get one for his birthday, which is coming up, and sure. Uh, so he will probably end up getting one, and <laughs> uh, and his cousin, who's like a couple years older, has one. Which, by the way. He's too young to supposedly use it, but nevertheless, lots of kids are getting them. Yeah. Anyway, I will leave it at that. We may talk about this more on a future show when I have more interesting stuff to say about it. Sounds like a plan. I look forward to it. But this week, because we were off, we've got a lot to catch up on. Uh, before we do, I want to say, uh, if you're watching live, this isn't going to work just yet, but uh, at about midnight tonight, it will. Uh, if you go to plugkitslive.com slash audience... Uh, we're doing a quick audience survey. We want to get to know uh, you a little better, uh, what you like, what you don't, what we might need to change. And we are giving away two CES prize packs. We've got bags and shirts and a whole bunch more. Um, it takes about 60 seconds to fill out the audience survey. It's real quick. About 10 questions, I think, is what it was. Real quick to do. And uh, two people are going to get a, a CES prize pack. So how can you go wrong for 60 seconds? Definitely check it out. Uh, I guess with that, though, let's get down to the news. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is probably powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, desperately seeking an Xbox Series X, uh, games and a whole lot more. You can get them at the Microsoft Store. And remember that current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% on almost everything to browse the products. To learn more about that discount to see what's on sale, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. Interesting uh, rumors going around right now about what's happening over at Apple. We know that the company has leaned in pretty hard to subscriptions uh, over the last year or so. We saw the Apple One subscription um, come up to be 
the one ring to rule them all that includes a bunch of their services. They've also got things like Apple Arcade and iCloud and Apple TV Plus and Apple News Plus and a whole bunch more. Um, the next generation of that looks like it might be a subscription service for your phone, computer, and tablet. Uh, likely starting with the iPhone uh, because there's already a type of this in the wild um, where you can the iPhone forever plan um, it looks like Apple wants to expand that and not exactly have it be a lease but maybe have it be just I don't know I don't know what they're looking to accomplish here Abram especially in a world where subscription fatigue is already real and you can already do this with a phone through your carrier uh, right. I mean, does it? I don't know don't what the they're up carriers to. Carriers have. Don't I don't know if it still exists. I meant to go check and see, but didn't Sprint or somebody have a like new iPhone every year plan? Mm-hmm. Uh, the iPhone I don't know, forever. Do those plans still exist? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you get the best iPhone when you get those, or do you are I, you getting like the? It depends on the. It depends on the level you choose. Um, and at the end of the year, um, so. You could do it the day before the next generation comes out, and that's your new timetable. Uh, so you'll always be one day short of the newest. <laughs> um, but uh, after your 12 months is up, you get the choice to uh, give it back, pay it off on the spot, keep paying it off, and then uh, add the, the new device. So from there, I th in my experience, you could choose whatever level uh, every time, every year, no matter what you did. Is Sprint the only one to do that? Uh, even Apple does it. Right, so... But they don't so do it for computers. They don't do it for tablets. Okay. Um, I don't think they do it for the watches, uh, though Sprint does, or... T-Mobile maybe still does. Um, but it sounds a lot like taking the carrier lease program and applying it to essentially computers and tablets and other Apple-y things. But I don't know because they haven't announced it exactly, right? It's, it's secret rumor, right? But it, it sounds like they want to take that concept and apply it to other devices, but I don't know. We don't know what the rules are going to be, right? Are they going to let you buy it at the end, or are you going to be stuck replacing? Are you going to keep the newest thing, or at the end of it, do you just keep your hardware? Is, you know, is this the is this the Xbox thing, or is this something else, right? Because you can do that with Xbox, where you get the hardware, you get the the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, you get a, a bunch of things, which is what it sounds like they're doing here in reality. It sounds like they want to take the idea of the iPhone Forever plan and add to it things like Apple One and Apple Care. That's that's my read. And also that's my take on it. Get the money that the carrier instead of the carrier getting it. Yep. I mean, I think it has more credibility probably coming from Apple 
although it's not going to be part of your care i don't think it would be part of your carrier billing so that's mm -hmm. another it so might go to your it might go to your apple account yeah i mean pay it off pay it off on your apple card oh i mean i think the thing is obviously you can see why apple would want to do this mm -hmm. um for phones it doesn't i guess it really depends on how desperate you are to get a new phone every year it seems to sure. me that the level of innovation in phones and the need for new phones is less now than it used to be. Mm -hmm. Like for you sure, know, you and I have been doing this long enough that we remember when it was like, oh, next year you can get a four G phone. Uh, now, next year uh, you're going to get a three G phone. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was an now, iPhone one joke. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like you know most current phones although you want maybe you want to get one that that supports millimeter wave uh do 5g and so you know what do you need do you need a new one next year right uh do you out people are holding on to their phones longer car uh this is a, obviously a problem for the phone business because they want you to right they, because they they want you to part with it sooner uh, and get a new one. Uh, it's uh, so if know, they can do they, it, they do. if they can do it as recurring revenue, so you forget yeah. that you're always paying for it. Oh, but you get yeah. a new phone when the new phones come out. Okay. Yeah. Plus, you're I, not hit with you're not hit with one giant bill at once, so it doesn't right. seem as bad. Right. Uh, now, though, that, you may pay so, that bill for the rest of your life. Yes, yes. It, if you th were to think about it, right? If you were to think about it more, but I guess it depends on how long you would own your phone. Right. I mean, I think a lot of people hold on to their phones now longer than two years. Uh, now, I had my last phone before the one I have. I held on to it for like three years. Mm -hmm. And by the time, and it, you know, it didn't really break uh except for like part except for the charging port was getting messed up messed right. up to where it wouldn't like if you blew on it wrong it would stop charging but right. um but you know they don't make these things obviously easy to repair uh i mean you could say that there's environmental concerns here because there's an incredible amount of e-waste being generated by constant by a constant upgrade cycle Right. Uh, something which, by the way, we discussed on the Tom's Hardware show this week with no no less than Leno the folks from Lenovo, mm -hmm. uh, who the guy who's like the head product manager for ThinkPad, who was talking about how they're looking at sustainability uh, when they're building things and how they're getting to recycle e-waste and things like that. But uh, I digress. So. I can see why Apple would want you to do this. Obviously, new phones do get better every year, but still, it's, you know, for a lot of people, they would want to hold on to the phone for two, three plus years. On top of that, we have now, if you were to take that model and apply it to piece to computers, to MacBooks, let's say, it, it actually makes 
maybe a little more sense in the MacBook world because if you are paying it a little bit at a time, it doesn't seem as bad. And Mac True. Macs are painfully expensive, uh-huh. right? I mean, you want your MacBook Pro that costs twenty five hundred dollars, like that. That that is painful. So like, I don't know. Do they come up with a plan where you're spending like, I don't know, $200 a month for your Mac or something like that? Right. And, and you have it on a two year, on, on a lease. And then after a certain amount, you get a new one. I mean, people might go for that, even though, right. even though if you do the math on it, uh, it probably, I'm sure it will come out that buying one and holding on to it for several years would be cheaper. Right. But, um, you know, that's that's a model I could see people going for in the way that they also lease cars. It's like, I kind of want the new and the fresh every couple of years. So, right. It I, could, I this can, could be because of their relationship. It could be because of their relationship, you know, that created the, the, uh, the Apple card, right? Um, it could be working on on a similar ish system, right? Where you're you're financing it through a similar system as the Apple Card, and maybe when you do that, yeah. you get some things with it, like you know TV Plus or News Plus, or maybe even the the Apple One subscription. I it's an interesting yeah. idea. Um, we've definitely seen it before uh, in in various ways. Like I said, the the Xbox thing right uh that that has existed for a couple of years now so it's i mean it's a semi-solid concept it is always interesting when a hardware company gets into like directly into this kind of a thing though it's always like oh what are we up to here uh because normally financing is done third party even if you do it you know from the company's website or whatever it's usually done third party but this sounds like it's going to be going to be direct and i cannot wait for them to it actually is i mean but this sounds like a lease not i mean you could call it financing but it sounds like it's a leasing program with the expectation that after a certain period of time you're going to trade it and get another one and and lease again uh and not just not just keep the old one right uh one one thing you really don't see a lot of is like you go i mean laptops are not cheap a good one anyway right true you know, you go onto like the Lenovo website and you want to buy yourself like a $1,500, $2,000 ThinkPad. They do not, you know, they do not offer what they have is they have like, I think there's a third party financing system like right. Klarna or something right, where right. you can sign up with them. I have, you know, I don't know if, if Klarna is a good trustworthy system to use. Obviously, the, you know, another option is people to just keep a giant balance on their credit card but that is the least desirable because those rates are are always the worst right so astronomical if you blink your eyes too many times in one day yeah i mean (laughs) those are not a fixed rate right so Mm -hmm. it's uh yeah i mean i i i think having something that makes it easier for people to pay for these large purchases is good uh, and for some folks, even though I'm sure the math won't be in their favor, they uh, they will want to um, to do this just to keep getting fresh Apple products. Right, right. It it all makes me think 
there was a there was a meme going around. I think last week, uh, a girl said she was talking to this guy on the bus. She really liked him. Then she saw that he had an iPhone six, and she's like, "Ooh, no, that's not gonna work." And her friend's like, "You were on a bus." <laughs> <laughs> Which, which kind of does, uh, to, to some extent, you know, we talked many, many years ago about the, the, the Apple customer, uh, mentality and, you know, I, I mean, that plays into it perfectly. And this, I think kind of takes advantage of it, kind of in everybody's favor ish. Um, <laughs> thank you, chat. Um, takes advantage ish of, uh, of that desire to, uh. To uh, to to want the latest Apple thing, not necessarily because you care, but because you care that other people see you with it. So, we'll we'll see. It's not official yet. This is a uh, this all comes from a report from uh, somebody Bloomberg. Um, their reports tend to be pretty pretty solid on this stuff, though. There's a there's a a leaker inside Apple that knows somebody at Bloomberg because uh, they, they tend to get these things, these early things pretty right. So my guess is we'll probably hear about this uh, pretty soon. But until then, it's all conjecture. This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. To get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee, you can go to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. Okay, so this is a topic that you and I, <laughs> tonight, that you and I have both been following over the last couple of weeks, and it is fascinating, Abram. Yes, so, as we all know, there is a war in Ukraine. Russia has invaded Ukraine, and that has made uh, Russia a fairly unpopular country in America, and 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 much of the rest of the world and one of the most popular antivirus programs is kaspersky antivirus and many websites including we do not have recommend antivirus uh, apps on tom's hardware but some of our sister sites such as tom's guide different site um do recommend antivirus do have lists of the best antivirus, and many of them put Kaspersky at or near the top of their list uh, before all of this. Now, Kaspersky Kaspersky claims that it is a global company, but but the founder of the company, Eugene Kaspersky, uh, is a Russian, uh, is a Russian national who apparently uh, was actually trained originally trained by the KGB. Uh, so uh, now, of course, they're an international company. 
they they claim that you know while they have an office in Moscow, they have offices elsewhere. Uh, they do business with the Russian government, but they said we do business with other folks. Uh, and Kaspersky has been around for a long time. All of that being said, uh, a couple of things have happened to a couple. There have been a couple of very serious official warnings about using Kaspersky software. One came, first one came from the German government, which advised all German citizens to uninstall any Kaspersky software. Then, uh, just a couple of days ago, the FCC, and by the way, this was a revelation to me because I did not know the FCC had any say in this kind of thing. It's the Federal Communications Commission, so what does that have to do with antivirus? Uh, came out and said that uh, they consider uh, Kaspersky to be a security risk and that any company with a government contract cannot spend their government money on Kaspersky products, which is not the same as a ban or anything. It's, I mean, however, you have the federal government saying, we think this is a risky product. Um, they have not, you know, banned the sale of it or something, but they, they're saying they think this is a risky product. Now, um, obviously Kaspersky denies, uh, the allegations, uh, and really the allegations aren't based on a particular piece of evidence, uh, which by the way, reminds me a lot of what happened with Huawei and, uh, Huawei and I believe also ZTE, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, where the U.S. government decided, hey, these these companies are are dangerous because they are associated with the Chinese government. They could spy on you, and we'd never know it because there could be some kind of backdoor for the Chinese government. So, you know, we're banning the sale of these, and um, but they never gave an explanation. Now, the it's similar a similar situation with Kaspersky. Nobody. Nobody, not even the government, is actually saying we've found evidence that Kaspersky is spying on you or is planning to help Russia do a cyber attack or anything like that. But the fact that they have ties to the Russian government are, you know, arguably a Russian com company certainly started there and have a, main, a big office there. And the guy who's CEO and founder uh, is you know, from there, um, you know, makes it possible that the Russian government could come in and, you know, demand access to the code uh, and do something. So there's never been evidence of that happening in the past. Uh, but now that we are in a heightened state of conflict with, uh, with Russia, you know, it, um, this is advice that people are giving. Now, on the flip side, this is a controversy. One of, uh, as I said, uh, our, one of our sister sites, Tom's Guide, um, you know, please do not confuse them with Tom's Hardware. We were both formed by the original Tom, but they are the best buy to our new egg. We are different sites with different staffs, but they sit near us. Anyway, um, they uh, decided to keep so far 
Kaspersky antivirus on their list of best antivirus. Uh, they moved it down from number one, so it's not the top pick on the page. Uh, but they've decided to keep it on keep it on their list because they still think it's a good product, even though there are some security uh, warnings about it. Now, I should also say that our parent company, Future, uh, which which owns uh, both of our sites, uh, has quote unquote demonetized Kaspersky, where uh, a lot of things that we have on our sites uh, have you know affiliate links on them, and there were affiliate links on some of these sites to Kaspersky, and they've taken off the affiliate links. So if we're recommending Kaspersky, we are absolutely not getting any, um, you know, compensation if people decide to click through and buy it or go look for it and buy it, but uh, they're still uh, recommending it. So, um, you know, sitting near those folks, I talked to them and they said, well, this is kind of our, our compromise uh, position because we still, we don't think it's there's not enough proof for us to say that this is per se dangerous. We liked it. It was our favorite anti favorite security software. Uh, and, uh, you know, and that, that is that, uh, now my opinion on this is, oh, and there's another angle to this too, which is that you may feel like in buying Kaspersky that you are doing business with the Russian company. Although again, Kaspersky, disputes that it is a quote-unquote Russian company. And obviously there's a lot of appetite uh, in the West not to be seen doing business with or giving money to uh, Russian companies. But as for this, the more important security question, like if you have Kaspersky on your computer now, should you uninstall it? I don't know what to say. I feel like I would. Uh, but... There's not really a good good reason to say that, except that, I mean, there's not really any evidence, positive-looking evidence to say that, except that, hey, antivirus software, security software, has the most access to your computer's sensitive information, has very privileged access to your data, to your computer. So it is not impossible for... Um, say the russian government to somehow you know get its claws into this company that they are very close with and may actually be able to force them kaspersky to do its bidding um and then put some kind of backdoor in in there or some kind of malware in there and use it for some kind of nefarious purpose now if i of course i'm sitting here as an individual what nefarious purpose can Russia, the country of Russia, do with my computer? Well, it could turn it into a bot. It could use it to spread viruses to other stuff. Uh, even so, even if I personally am not, you know, a CIA agent or something, and don't have any like sensitive government information on my computer, which if I did, I would already wouldn't have Kaspersky on here, right? Because uh, I would have some kind of lockdown government computer for it, right? But uh, still, it can be dangerous to you. So out of an abundance of caution, 
I wouldn't run it. Um, also, by the way, there's the ultimate question, which is, do you really, how badly do you need a third party antivirus that costs, you know, 30, 40, $50, uh, when you could, uh, when, if you're using windows, it comes with windows, you know, with antivirus built in, which, you know, may not be quote unquote as good, but, uh, we certainly know where Microsoft is from. The federal government feels very comfortable giving contracts and working with Microsoft. And uh, it's it's kind of a, you know, you don't you never have to worry about it. So um, so I don't know. What do you think, Scott? Do you think do you feel like Windows built an antivirus is is good enough? You know, for a very long time, it's been kind of my my personal only solution. Um, but I'm also incredibly careful about the things that I do. Um, of course, we can all get all get tricked, all get hit by something. But, you know, I'm always extra cautious because while I may not have government secrets on my computer, I do oftentimes have secrets, right? Um, so I'm overly right. cautious. Um, you know, there's, there's client stuff and whatever. So I'm, you know, I'm always, yeah. I'm always cautious. Um, my interesting position on this is that my position hasn't changed. I have always been weary <laughs> of Kaspersky <laughs> um, because my take on Russia did not change five weeks ago. Uh, I have always felt that it was possible and probable <laughs> that this former KGB uh, agent who's running the country could possibly be in cahoots with this former KGB trained asset who runs a security company. So my take on it hasn't changed. I've always recommended against it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like it seems like kind of a waste of money. And then a lot of the things that people get for having their Kaspersky, uh, you know, for having the higher packages are things like, you know, a more secure browser or, you know, all kinds of things to kind of protect you from phishing or sure. uh, backup software, which you can get elsewhere. So, I mean, eh, but whether you, you know, the putting aside the question of whether or not you need to spend the extra money on an antivirus package there or third party security package on top of what comes free with windows, like you don't, this is one you don't need. And Honestly, the security business has to be a reputation business, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you can't trust, if there's a, an iota of doubt about it, uh, then I think then it would be very wise not to do it. And I think that's what all the governments are saying is like, we don't know for sure what is going on here, but we know, um, but but we know we, that there's we we know that there's yeah. been cyber attacks that have come from within Russia towards the U.S., including to our our critical infrastructure. We know that there have been other computer-based uh, attacks towards the West, all coming out of Russia. Why wouldn't they do the easy one? Because those were all way more complicated than you know government pressure. <laughs> 
in a already kind of scary country on one or more of the citizens, and it doesn't have to be the founder, right? You don't know that there's not a not a, uh, a Putin stooge somewhere inside the company that's unrelated, and Kaspersky himself may not even know that it's happening. Yeah, right? exactly. Because that's it's the environment too- we're in right now. Yeah. Now, I mean, I hope there's not a Putin stooge inside <laughs> of uh, other other software companies sure, that we're not sure. as suspicious of, right? But uh, yeah, it's. I mean, there's you know, uh, PC Mag had an article up saying, "Hey, you know, by Neil Rubin King, J. Rubin King, dated March 16th, where he says that, hey, you know." Uh, Google would catch or somebody else would catch hidden model like Google Project Zero would catch it if there was some kind of hidden malware in Kaspersky. I I don't know. I mean But it, even if, by the time you caught it. Nah, there you go. Even it, if you did, it would already be in the wild. Right. So by the time you caught it, it was too late. So I mean, sorry, you just can't I mean is it guilt by association? I don't know, but possibly. But uh, you know, maybe we should. I'm sorry, maybe we shouldn't trust someone who's associated with the KGB to be providing our security at this time. Right. Absolutely. There's there's enough <clears throat> there's enough chaos surrounding what's happening over there, and not just what's happening there, but what's happening from there. Right. It's a spider web of weird <laughs> that's coming out of this conflict. And there have been, I mean, the idea that the guy who has threatened nuclear and chemical attacks on Ukraine, on the West, on NATO, the, the idea that he wouldn't go, hey, can you, put, can you put a couple lines of code in to do this? For the, we saw a nougat package. This, was, this would have been one of our topics last week. Uh, we saw a nougat package get updated by somebody outside of Russia that if it ran within the borders of Russia or Belarus, it started one directory up and started deleting files until it didn't have permissions anymore. Just on random people because they happen to be in Russia. When it comes to the computer aspect of this conflict, it's getting weird. (laughs) Um... And it's getting weirder every week. So the idea that, you know, two former KGB guys might work together to, to essentially spread malware across the world. Yeah, totally possible. It's the least yeah. weird possibility when it comes to things that plug in in this conflict. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be suicide for his business. Of course it sure. would. But, but uh, not doing what Putin says can be suicide for you. Yeah, that's that's true, right? It would be suicide for his business. Maybe he takes some money and runs. I don't know, but you know, we can't count on that to protect us. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't, I, I would not, I would not install the software. If I had it installed, I would uninstall it. That's my two cents in this matter. Yeah, mine as well. Uh, <laughs> mine was that six months ago and two years ago and. <laughs> But. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, there you go. So, 
uh, there, there you have it. Some controversy there, but if you go with what uh, multiple world governments are saying, right. you should probably not should probably agree with us. Yeah, and you know, if the U.S. and Germany are coming together on uh, on something like this, we're 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 looking at something you almost certainly should be listening to because the U.S. and Germany almost never agree on. Uh, on global right. positioning. Right. So if if the U.S. and Germany are both going, hey, I don't know about this. There might be something happening I'm, behind the scenes that we don't know about. <laughs> to to be clear, I'm not I'm not nearly perhaps wrongly so I'm not nearly as sold on the like on the Huawei ban, right? Like they never provided any explanation, you know, any evidence for that. We are not in the same kind of I mean relationship U.S. and China can be are fraught but they're not in the same uh place and so much of our stuff is made in china that it's kind mm-hmm. of hard to say like we're gonna, just gonna stop uh using electronics that are from chinese companies so uh you know so i in, you know I, i'm not in totally fairness, sold on that in, in, in fairness the huawei and zte ban existed under both a democrat and a republican president which has always suggested to me that there was something behind the scenes that they weren't talking about. Um, the yeah. phones were banned for government purchase and um, uh, use in a government building under Obama, and uh, Trump just added uh, tower har- infrastructure hardware to the ban, which suggests to me that there's probably something outside of our view that right. was known or believed. Because, again, for... For Obama and Trump to have agreed on something, <laughs> it's it's even crazier than the idea of the U.S. and Germany agreeing on foreign policy. <laughs> right, right. Fair so, enough. <laughs> that's always been my my position on that. If those two both agreed on something like that, uh, that makes me a little queasy. <laughs> but again, like you said, no evidence was provided for ZTE. No evidence was ever provided for Huawei. No evidence has ever been provided for this. But mm, they all make my stomach do a thing, a similar thing. Yeah. And that's kind of yeah. okay. That's okay enough. <laughs> yep. So this isn't exactly uh, Tom's hardware is space, but uh, have you guys done anything on this topic? Yeah, I mean, we've done a couple of articles about, uh, the you know, the news of this um but uh i figure it was a good good topic good topic to discuss because there seems to be some controversy around it although the answer seems pretty clear to me and uh public service announcement i recommend uninstalling it agreed so uh how where can people go to find your news and of course all the other stuff tomshardware.com of course and uh at Tom's Hardware on Twitter. Fantastic. Well, great conversation. Very, a very different topic than we usually do in the Pilch Point. Kind of almost back to the old days uh, before you came on as the permanent co-host of F5 Live. Um, and I, I really enjoyed this because um, it's it's a weird thing that you know most people don't think about, right? We kind of we live in this space. We see the little oddities all the time and. You know, you think, oh, well, that's from where? Oh, that's interesting. 
But, you know, most people don't think about where things come from or, you know, oh, it came pre-installed on my computer maybe. I don't know if they do that. But, you know, people don't think about that. So it's it's a, it's an interesting topic. And like you said, there's a lot of controversy around it right now. Um, I don't mind putting putting my stamp on <laughs> On that uh, on that position because I've been saying it for a couple of years, but yeah, uh, I appreciate it. It was a good topic, and I always appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to what we talk about next time. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by EXA. EXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. They've compiled the best elements of cutting-edge ENC tech, the latest in Bluetooth 5.0 and 7.1 surround, plus extra features like dual mics, ultra-low latency, into their headsets so everyone can enjoy a sensational gaming experience and... They've got headsets for Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Plus, they won't break the bank. To learn more about the headsets that are available and the current promotions that are going on, you can go to f5live.tv slash exa. I have been messing around with a set myself lately, and so far, really liking them. Anyway, uh... Netflix games. <laughs> Netflix has gotten really, really into gaming uh, in the last four or five months in particular. Um, they've had, you know, some presence in the space. There have been some licensed games before that. Uh, they announced in 2020 that they were going to get into the, the gaming space. We saw the Stranger Things mobile game. I think it came to, came to consoles shortly after. Um, but it was last year, the end of last year, where they really started to go. Uh, th- through your Netflix subscription, you could get access to certain mobile games. Um, in particular, again, it was the Stranger Things games that were available. There were also a couple of... Uh, there was a basketball game, I think it was called Shooting Hoops. There was a, another something, I don't remember what it was, maybe a bowling game and something else, but it was mostly the Stranger Things game. Since then, they've added uh, additional games to the lineup. It works very similar to Apple Arcade or Google Play, uh, what's it called? Google Play something? Pass. Google Play Pass, where uh, for a certain amount per month, you get access to a bunch of games uh, with all the content unlocked. In this case, it's already included in your Netflix subscription this week, though. The company bought their third studio. So they already had two. This week they picked up a studio called uh, Boss Battle Game Boss Fight Entertainment. Um, they have they have a game that interestingly I see ads for in another game that I play all the time. It's uh, it's called uh, Dungeon Boss. Uh, you know, pretty pretty successful game in the uh, the strategy RPG mobile game category my guess is that we will see it come to netflix games soon if it's not already there i haven't looked today uh but my guess is we'll see it come to the platform pretty soon with all the content unlocked 
Um, I think it shows that it's uh, that the company is really serious about this. What do you think, Abram? Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously they want to expand. Netflix wants to expand its horizons. So it's it's got to do more to get into the gaming space if it really wants to compete with uh you know with other services now interestingly when you think about it uh the, i was talking with some of my coworkers this week and the consensus seemed to be that xbox uh xbox game pass is the only like xbox is the only viable game streaming service right now until they spartacus think, is, until spartacus is announced this week Yes, I guess I guess until that, but they didn't. They don't seem to think that like Google's service or NVIDIA GeForce Now uh, are, even though both are still in business, are 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 serious players. Yeah, uh, the the thing that separates this one from those right is that you probably already have it. Which, which I think is a little different. It's, it's kind of like uh, how we talk about in the, the, the Prime uh, promo that you already have Prime, so why not use Amazon Music and Prime Gaming and whatever. Uh, this is kind of the same thing in my book. You've already got Netflix, almost certainly. If you're listening to this show, almost certainly you've already got Netflix. So this is just already part of it. Enjoy it. Yeah, you know, interestingly, <laughs> there was, speaking of games, and I don't know if this was resultant from them any of their investment in gaming. Perhaps you do. I use their, Netflix has added some interactive, like, mm-hmm. con- programming. They've gone uh, into that a lot more. Uh, so the other day, my son and I went through all the possibilities on this thing called, what's it called? Cat Burglar? Uh, okay. It was a cartoon. And that's a, on, that's on a new Netflix. one to me. That's a new one to yeah, me. Yeah. And really, really fun. Like mm-hmm. what, it, what, it, what, what it is, is like the cat, it, it, like there's a cat trying to like steal some, steal a painting from a museum. And there's like a dog security guard that's trying to stop him. And there's like six or seven points in the thing. And you don't have a choice. It's not like you get a choice of things. There's like trivia questions that you have to answer using your remote control. And oh. if you don't answer the trivia questions, then you're then basically your your cat I wouldn't say dies, loses, sure. and you have to start over again. And you can keep but even if you play it over and over again, like the content changes, not just the questions, but like okay. how the cat, the dog is chasing the cat around. And there's like, and then each time you win, you, you like get a new painting on your wall. And there's oh. like, so I had to play that thing for like, a, now it's not like, you know, one of those AAA games that you're going to play for, <laughs> you know, 50 hours but sure you know we had a good like solid hour or two hours of fun with that thing like going through going through it and like playing the trivia stuff and it is the thing that really got me about it which is i guess different from the game aspect of it is that it looks and feels and sounds like the way it was animated the way it was 
uh, the music that they use, whatever, just like a 1950s Warner Brothers cartoon. Like, oh, cool! It looks a lot. It looks a lot like a Tom and Jerry, uh, like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. I don't know. Was Tom and Jerry Warner Brothers? It looks. It looks a lot like a to- like an old fashioned Tom and Jerry cartoon. Okay. That's so. Okay, so, um, so Netflix has been doing the interactive content for a while. Their first one was in 2018. Uh, it was uh, Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Um, since then, they've done a number of interactive titles. Probably the most prominent was uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Kimmy versus the Reverend, I think, was the name of it. Um, after the series was over, they went back and did a another episode that was all interactive that was a ton of fun and I did the same thing it was a little bit more of a choose your own adventure uh, type story versus uh, trivia that got you things at the end it's just you could go different ways through the story which was interesting and uh, Bandersnatch was fairly similar but those were pretty early Um, I'm not surprised that having people in house that work for the company who are you know experts in game theory uh, would not take that concept and expand on it. So yeah, that yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense. I actually don't know if there's an easy way to see all the interactive titles on Netflix, but I just happened to do a little search and like, so Cat Burglar is labeled as trivia, and I think they have another trivia game that is either out or coming out. But then they have like other interactive things, like there's a Captain Underpants one and a Puss. In Boots one, and uh, Carmen San Diego one, and a Boss Baby one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Animals on the loose. So, yes. So those those oh. are labeled as interactive. Uh oh. You ready? But, Minecraft yeah. Story Mode interactive. Yes. Oh, I know all about that. Okay. Uh, that what they did is they had uh. They, that actually was, see, the interesting thing is that actually was or is a game that existed outside of Netflix. Was. And they yes. seem to have story mode was it. Story mode was done by, um, oh, the company that did all of the episodic games that just went out of business. Whose name it has bloop, left my head. So here we are. I so can't help we actually, now. My son actually played that on his PlayStation already. Okay. Although I showed it to him on Netflix, and then he, he, I think he also tried it there. And the other day, we were scrolling through Netflix. He's like, oh, I got to play that. Uh, Telltale, apparently. That's um, it. I get from the chat. but uh, Thank you, chat. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So they are you know, turning the entertainment into a game. Mm-hmm. So that is, uh, okay. That's nice. Uh, I found, I did the choose your own adventure style, the choose your own adventure style episodes. I don't know. I found not as fun, but like, sure. When you had to do the trivia thing that really got me, but anyway, yeah, sure. Netflix has to get into this besides Netflix is, uh, as you reported last week, Netflix is trying to make it harder to share your password. Netflix right. and Netflix recently raised its rates. So ergo they better uh, 
they better start bringing some some stuff because spending 200 million dollars on movies that people don't care that much about isn't really uh isn't yeah. really the way yeah for sure yeah. and you know we talk all the time about how many stream video streaming services there are i know this is the gaming section but we talk about how many video streaming services they are and how they're all trying to figure out how to differentiate themselves from each other. And this is one way to do it. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, a lot of, I mean, I, you know, I guess I'll be keeping Netflix for a while, but it's not the streaming service that I use. It's not the streaming service that I use the most by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I mean, I guess my wife uses a bit. I mean, I guess we end up watching at least a couple things a month, but by far now, I'm using like three or four other services before much more than much more than Netflix. So it so yeah, I mean, I've used HBO Max a lot more. Of course, this is just me personally, but I've really gotten into BritBox now and using BritBox like every single day. Yeah, uh, Prime Video. So um, yeah, I I don't. <laughs> Uh, they 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 got to do stuff to to make themselves ubiquitous because also they just keep losing the license to good stuff, right? right. I mean, did they just lose all? Did they just lose all the Star Treks? I think. Uh huh. So yeah, I think there's one one piece of something left that I think expires at the end of this month, um, and then CBS all nope Paramount Plus. <laughs> Time traveled there for a second. <laughs> CBS All Access. Paramount Plus will be the uh, the ultimate home for all Star Trek. Yep. So, and uh, I guess I mean completely unrelated for those things that are British that you want to watch that aren't on BritBox. Uh, you might be surprised that you might find it on a uh, on Prime Video because I found several of my shows over on Prime yes. Video. Yes. 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 I was shocked by uh, same, Channel Four same, and same. Channel Four and Dave stuff. I was shocked to find over on uh, there. There is some. There is some stuff on on uh, on Prime, uh, and uh, Prime, of course, it has one thing over BritBox unless you subscribe to BritBox via Prime, which is that the BritBox app doesn't do downloading. So, mm. uh, you know, but uh, between my mother and me. We are watching a ton of British mysteries. So uh, I now also subscribe to Acorn TV, which is another streaming service that uh, that has some has some different shows than BritBox does, and also has some Australian and uh, some Australian shows too. So anyway, I think what you're saying is there, but. we're going to have to go through and do a roundup of all of the plug hits live team and uh the the services that we use and, and yes. rank them as our favorite to least <laughs> yes oh, that'll be yes. a ton of fun i very well could do that that'll be a ton of fun yep. yeah we should definitely do that but anyway uh netflix gaming uh like i have a feeling that this is this is two prong uh the first is bringing more games and more uh, game engineers, 130 uh, employees of this studio that they just picked up. So my guess is that, you know, they're trying to enhance their their game catalog, which, by the way, since November of last year, when we first talked about this, and there were like four titles, 
I have to do f at least three full screen swipes to see all the games uh, that are available today. So they've added a ton of stuff uh, since last we talked about this. But you're right. It could have to do also with making the interactive content uh, for, for the platform because, you know, game theory added into, into content really does turn into, into some fun stuff. I enjoyed the Kimmy Schmidt, uh, Kimmy versus the Reverend, uh, episode almost as much as a regular episode. I know it should theoretically be better, but it wasn't, but it was one last hurrah in the storyline, which I appreciated. Um, but yeah, it's, it's probably a little bit to do with all of that. This week's news from the Tubes and F5 Live is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop, uh, and it blocks traditional threats like worms and dialers and spyware and a whole bunch more. It allows you to use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and get a special price, go to f5live.tv slash Malwarebytes. way different than Kaspersky anyway uh, <laughs> um, and this isn't by the way why I didn't recommend Kaspersky before anyway uh, oh we get to talk about messaging again um, it seems like a topic that never goes away for us there's always some interesting thing happening in the messaging space and by interesting we usually mean tedious in this case something interesting is happening and interesting doesn't mean good um, the European Union and European Parliament have come to an agreement on what they are calling the Digital Markets Act, which has a lot of things. But the thing that I find the most interesting, and again, interesting doesn't mean good, is this uh, provision about interoperability in messaging. Uh, the thing that the, the reason why there's multiple messaging platforms, right? We talk about this a lot. The reason why there's multiple is because, you know, one company will do one interesting thing. How different are Facebook Messenger and uh, Apple iMessage? Ah, uh, just barely. Uh, the difference is negligible, but I can't send from an Apple Watch my heartbeat over Facebook Messenger. It's a dumb feature, but it works on iMessage, right? <laughs> this Each one has its own little weird things. Special games that only work on one platform versus another. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, if the Digital Markets Act goes through, the messaging, messaging platforms are going to have to have interoperability. You'll have to be able to send a message from Facebook Messenger to Apple iMessage to... Uh, to WhatsApp, which I think already happens, but Apple Messenger to WhatsApp, to Signal, to Telegram, to I don't know. What else is included in this? Because the information that's out there is a little vague on, on exactly what it would apply to. Would it apply to Slack? Maybe, because that's a completely closed ecosystem. But would it apply to Discord? Probably. The, the lines are weird. The rules are strange 
it seems like it would be real difficult for a messaging platform to differentiate itself. Um, I, if you're old enough to remember when Yahoo Messenger and MSN Messenger were able to message back and forth, um, they, at the time, were able to differentiate themselves by having their own chat rooms. You could message back and forth, but other features were, were unique. That doesn't look like it's going to be an option here. It, I mean, from, I think... From our discussions inside, we think there's a line of demarcation, and it's at the network. Anything local to the device would be, would be able to be handled and customized by, by the platform. So if Snapchat, which may or may not be part of this, wants to, to put filters and QT things on photos before you send them and or videos while you're doing live chat, they could because that, that's done at the, at the device level and then the altered images are sent over the, the unified platform. But it's not like a browser, right? Where you can put all kinds of stuff that's custom into the browser. Chrome and Edge use the same rendering engine and they are very different browsers. Yeah. This is this is so, different than that. I mean, I think I I get what they're trying to do because this is a consumer unfriendly situation. Like they're they're trying to do it for business. I mean, it also is a startup unfriendly situation. But on the other hand, that's true of any service that has membership, right? Right. Like right. there's always a first mover advantage to membership. So, uh, and, and although, like we I, just I talked about, there's... Netflix isn't your go-to streaming service anymore, right? So it no, can change right, exactly. over time. It can and, change and over time. We've seen it, and we've seen it happen again and again in the messaging yeah. space, and not for reasons of serious innovation either, right? Because because uh, but... where are where are AOL, Yahoo, and MSN today nowhere, right? And they and they were and they were a big deal. Where's ICQ? Right. Uh, so it went to the, AOL. <laughs> my first my first messenger was ICQ, Mine and then too. for a while I was on AOL, and then for a while I was like, which by the was, way, uh, those two were interoperable for a long time. <laughs> yeah, and then for a while I was on. I forget after that. I don't think I ever really used MSN a lot. I think I had it running, but didn't really have anybody on there. But what's annoying is when you've got multiple different ways. I mean, to be honest, email is kind of a miraculous thing when I think about it. You have one system that that works for everybody. And I feel like if somebody proposed creating email today, it wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. Because there would be companies that, that would want to lock people in and like, no, I don't want people from Facebook being able to email people from Twitter. I don't want people from my ISP being able to email people from another. So, you know, it's a fascinating open, open standards are just generally good for the using public, which is why, by the way, I would love to see that happen with social networking Uh, or rather we had that it was called Usenet, Usenet news groups. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't think you can. Can you even get those today? That that was a, you know, think so. problematic because nobody moderated it, I think. But I can, you know, a completely non, you know, it wasn't tied to a particular business. Right. right? After 
after Google bought the the Usenet search engine, that kind of brought it to its knees. Yeah. But like when I was first getting on the internet, like that was a big deal. Usenet. Yeah. You know, that mm-hmm. was uh Usenet news groups were a huge, huge deal. So anyway, this is very it is and a very inter- unfriendly situation. Interestingly, Usenet use news groups were so similar to what Discord is today. Except that Discord is owned by somebody. You know what I mean? I feel like it's more like Reddit. You you don't you don't think so? Similar, except that the the Discord literally can have disconnected servers um, that run the the individual conversations, as opposed to to Reddit, which literally all runs in house. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just thinking about like the experience of using. Yeah, the experience is is pretty Reddity. But the infrastructure, the the semi decentralization of it is is very discordy, and I think the people who, a lot of the people who today would have been on, <laughs> Usenet are probably on Discord. Right. So anyway, I. But on the other hand, we don't want to stifle innovation, and we don't right. want to like, uh, force things that are you want to be a closed system to communicate with each other. Like, I mean, there's I. For example, I think of Slack as like Slack is my thing for communicating with my coworkers. Mm-hmm. I don't want Slack to be getting messages from any fool on the internet. Like I from get text. Email. Yeah. Now, but on the other hand, it is very annoying that there's people who have iMessage and I'm not on Apple, so I can't communicate with them. Uh, there's Facebook and frankly, I use Facebook to message people a lot and, but maybe I don't want to be associated with Facebook to be able to message those people. Right. right? Then there's Google chat and there's just so many different instant messaging. is just nuts because there's so many different things and there's like, depending on who I want to talk to, there's a different way that I might need to message them. Mm-hmm. So what I'd like to see, I, I, I like, I think, we need to support innovation and I don't know if the government can go in and fix this problem. Uh, the government being the EU government, but is this is a very consumer unfriendly situation because it does result in lock-in like, Oh, I can't really leave Facebook cause I got to message people there. I can't mm-hmm. really switch from Apple to, to Android because I can't message my people on, on Apple anymore. So I mean, you can still send a text be- message. Yes. So maybe what we really need to do is is kind of standardize on uh, SMS or MMS as the universal platform. Maybe and, and, and you, have all these messengers support it. Like, right. could you be sure. able to send somebody an i on iMessage and SMS? Like, yes. I think that would be That's... that would be useful. Like. That's the difference between green green bubbles and blue bubbles is uh, text versus uh, iMessage. Right, but you still have to have that person's phone number, and phone I guess your iMessage. If you iMessage someone, do you need to have their phone number? Absolutely, it's all done via phone. Okay, so it it just all it does is it bypasses SMS and MMS and goes over the internet instead of over those protocols. All right. So I don't know if that is as big a deal as like other things like where it's all virtual. You might have people that you communicate with on Facebook. You don't even have their phone number mm-hmm. um, 
or on or on WhatsApp or whatever. So yeah, I mean, it would be nice if you could create if there could be more ways for folks to sort of cross communicate. Yeah. So if um, if they were to keep this real tight, right, just around messaging. Okay, then I can probably get behind it. The idea of trying to make interoperability, you know, have some some central maybe repository, a group like the W3C that oversees the protocol for for text and media messaging. Okay. The problem is that you've got, you know, interesting things. Maybe even maybe even audio and video chat get thrown in there. I don't know. I uh, I'm a little shaky on that. But you've got things like games, right? Do you do you have the ability to limit games to your platform, or can you not sign a deal on exclusivity on a on a mobile game inside a messaging app anymore? D- does that have to be fully interoperable as well? It's it's all about where that line of demarcation is. If if we're saying text, media, and live are regulated and you can do custom stuff between between members of a platform, on top of that, okay, I'm willing to have a conversation. But if it has to be unique, or, uh, non-unique experience, you know, this, pl- uh, WhatsApp has wallpapers. Does iMessage have to have wallpapers? Right? Or is that something no, I mean, that's... That, that- is that, that something that's allowed that to differentiate WhatsApp? So it's all about where they draw sense. that line of demarcation. That doesn't make sense. It should probably just be one of those things where, like, you know, for example, I think this is still the case, but I haven't really done this in years. But I think you can send someone an email on certain, like, you can send an email to someone's phone number. Yes. I think it used to be on Verizon or something like that. You all, could, like, all of them. put their phone number at, at T-Mobile. Uh, USA.com or something like that and send an mm-hmm. email. So that's like a weird thing, but that your phone suddenly has an email, but very few people use, but mm-hmm. it's kind of universal. Like all of a sudden your phone is hooked into the world of email, even though, I mean, you get email through Gmail or whatever, but like your phone is now has email, right? So like the, I think, but it's, you know, not necessarily like great email. I think, the thing is, if you, there ought to be MMS and, and MMS is a standard. I think if we could just unite around something like MMS and you can send people stuff that meets the standards of MMS, but then if you want something more than that, you know, special features, uh, more than that, then that has to go, that's not part of the protocol and you get benefits for being in the you know in that network and of course it should only apply to things that are pure like pure messaging plays or whatever like if it's supposed to be a closed system like a channel in slack or a channel in discord or whatever that's just weird i don't think people want to be getting i agree stuff on their slack from and from from anywhere on the internet and and that's the question right how wide is this going to be where's our line of demarcation those are those are all the things that that 
are a little nebulous right now because the the full white paper hasn't been published on on what they're planning because it's just an agreement at this point between the parliament and the EU maybe just the EU I don't know um, but you know once that once that white paper what once that you know the full rules are published you know I'm going to be diving into this because it's an interesting pitch. It's trying to solve a problem. I pitched this around to a lot of people on and off the Plugins Live team today. Some of the smartest people that you and I know, right? And they were like, I don't understand. <laughs> right. Which is where that idea of that line of demarcation really came came in was from those conversations on... We need to know where that line is because that's going to determine whether or not we all go, oh, okay, or absolutely not. <laughs> right? That's that's the thing. So hopefully we'll be seeing this shortly. Uh, with the EU, you never know. Um, you know, they announced that they're going to file an antitrust suit and they don't do it for a year and a half. So, you know, we never quite know when it comes to, to the, the European Parliament. Uh, exactly when we'll hear things. But for right now, we're a little bit in limbo. It's an interesting concept that has the possibility of being implemented horribly, depending on what they do. And we will absolutely be keeping an eye on this one. This week's DRM Not Included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. You know you get free shipping with Prime, but you get a whole lot more. Free music with Amazon Prime Music. Free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video. Free games and a free Twitch subscription with Amazon Prime Gaming. And of course, a lot more. Uh, we've got a 30-day free trial. Links to these features and more. The ability to give it as a gift. And all of that can be found by going to f5live.tv slash prime. We talked about content a little while ago, just to keep things, keep everything on our toes tonight. We talked about Netflix under gaming. Now we're going to talk about YouTube. Um, something interesting happened this week. <laughs> YouTube announced that they were uh, releasing several thousand TV episodes and movies for free on YouTube. The end. Uh, an interesting move. Uh, we've seen other companies get into this, you know, totally ad-supported, uh, free licensed content space. Uh, interestingly, some of the content uh, is overlap, which is interesting. You know, we've got, you've got Tubi, you've got... Uh, you know, IMDb TV, you've got Pluto TV, you've got the Roku channel. Uh, you know, there's, there's several. Shout, these... Isn't there Shout, Shout as well or Shout TV, something yeah, like I that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there, there's a number Roku of these channel. out there. They all, uh, they all seem to take a similar tact, you know. Free content, generally older licensed stuff, um, totally ad-supported. And... <laughs> You get to watch. Hooray! The benefit, of course, of YouTube is that you're probably already there. 
If you're like most of us, you're already on YouTube. Uh, so, so that helps. I don't know exactly what they're up to here. It would seem like maybe they're trying to get people to stay on the site longer, on the platform longer. I don't know. Perhaps they're trying to experiment with, you know, combating the subscription fatigue that we talk about a lot, which we've already talked about once tonight. Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um, I know Avram and I were both looking through the content before the show. Yeah, um, there's there's a and there's lot some interesting to stuff through. It's not easy to find, I have to say, because mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's easy to find to browse. But I don't see like a dedicated search for it. Yeah, I it haven't seen. It seem like you can do a dedicated search of just the free movies. Yeah. So, and it's yeah. just the only thing thing I see is browse. So it's like you don't really mm-hmm. have a easy way to just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna like look for the horror movies on here. Or right. Whatever. So if you're so if you're if you're watching or listening and you want to follow along, if you go to YouTube, either on the app or uh, the website, on the main menu, if you scroll down um, below your subscriptions, you will see the YouTube premium link and then the movies and shows. If you go to that, then you'll see there is a row for free to watch movies and one for free to watch shows. So that's how you can follow along with us. Anyway, uh, continue. <laughs> Right, so, so I'm looking through. So I looked through this, and actually, I got to the bottom. Uh, so I actually, uh, yeah. How many is that? Let's see. I can do this. So 360. What I'm seeing right now is three is exactly 360 movies on here that are that are uh, that are Me listed too. on the browsable. So because you search for free with ads. Exactly. That's exactly what I did to count. I did not sit here and count them all. Oh, that's funny. Because uh, that was my first thought. I'm like, ooh, you can search for free with ads. Yeah. Well, well no, no, no. I went to the browse thing, and then yeah. like on the browse page, I just did a control did F. Did a control F. That page. Yeah. Yeah, I had to scroll a long way to get it all to load. But so, you know, look, there's a few decent things on here. There's uh, Weird Al's UHF movie. If you haven't really? seen it, yes. Uh, okay. Robin Hood Men in Tights, but not any of the other Mel Brooks movies uh, <laughs> that, in my opinion, are better. Uh, there's, and then there's just like a lot of movies on here that are like you would find in like the $3 DVD bin at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just things that like we're sh- sh- we used to call straight to tape movies. Yeah, you know, like the Slammin' Salmon, Willis. You know, Aaron Paul of Breaking Bad in some kind of action movie. Oh, Sniper Special Ops, a Steven Seagal movie. There you oh. go. Well, I mean, that one was straight to the bin. Anyway, yes. Yes, but you know, you also find here some some things. I'd never heard of a movie called Legally Blondes. Uh, right, I saw that one. I'm like, oh, that's one that I wasn't aware of. There are several Godzilla yes, movies on here. Now that that I will say, folks should 
should you know consider they have Godzilla like, versus Mechagodzilla. Oh really? I didn't see that one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm seeing see, Godzilla thing, versus Hedora, really... Godzilla versus Gigan. So there's five movies with Godzilla in the title: Godzilla versus Gigan, another great one. Gigan is the best. Uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, which you should not watch because that is the American first Godzilla, which has Raymond Burr like photoshopped into it, basically. Uh, but there's Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla, uh, Godzilla versus Gigan, which is a great one. Godzilla versus Adora, which is kind of weird because that's a smog monster. Um, but you, you know, here's the thing, right? Uh, yeah, it seems that those are that's all they got out of the 360 movies. But this calls attention to what you said before. Tubi, IMDb TV, um, you know, uh, was it, I think, Shout TV. Oh, and something I discovered in the last two weeks, which perhaps you already knew. If you have a Roku box, or like me now, a Roku TV, there is an the app Roku channel. called Live TV. Oh, yeah. Is that there's an app called the, Live TV? Live TV. It's going to be in. Uh, I I almost talked about this. the The new Roku 11 OS is going to make it like front and center too. It is front and center on my uh, TCL TV. Okay. Uh, which I just got like a month and a half, two months ago. And if we had we just discovered it, although we just discovered it like two months ago, because I thought Live TV meant it was just going to go to the antenna, right? What what? Why is your face frozen? Did you see something interesting? Because I wanted to see what the Godzilla uh, offerings were on Tubi. Yeah, I know There's we're talking about YouTube, but ooh, <laughs> right. See, so I guess I guess here's a here's a public service announcement to our audience. Like, there's a lot of free streaming stuff on there, and if there's an older a movie that you want to see that's not a brand spanking new movie. There's a decent chance, or a show, there's a decent chance that it may be on one of these free platforms. Yeah. So, uh, like, I really got into, like, a couple years ago, no no shame here in what we like to watch. I really got into <laughs> watching, uh, to watching both seasons of Space 1999. And, like, that was free on Tubi, and I think it's a shout or whatever, you could watch at least at the time all every episode for free. So like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can watch for free. So I recommend to folks like before you go and try and rent something, particularly if you're like me and you have kids and you want to show them something. Yeah. Oh yeah. I saw that movie when I was a kid. Let me see. Now, I also have lots of page streaming channels and I check all of those too. Every now and again, it happens that there's like a movie that I really want to show my son or whatever. And it's an older movie and we have to pay like $3 to rent it off of prime video. And I, I always feels like a defeat because it's like there ought to, I'm sure there's some place I can watch this for free. So anyway, uh, not yeah, the top. This not is the okay. topic at not the topic at hand. But uh, Tubi has a bunch of the riff track stuff on it. Yeah. So, so you so but relevant to the topic at hand is that 
YouTube is actually not very competitive here. It only has 360 titles. So compared right. to IMDb TV or Tubi, uh, this is a very paltry offering. And I bet, I bet if somebody were to bother, they could, they would probably find all of these movies somewhere else for free. Yeah. That, and that was what I was doing when I came over to Tubi was I wanted to start comparing down the list and see if there were anything, any items that were unique to YouTube. Um, and then I was surprised by how many Godzilla movies were on Tubi. And then the very bottom thing was, I don't know why was, uh, the riff tracks of Santa and the ice cream bunny. And that took me down a whole different path. So this is an interesting, this poses to me just one quick, interesting question. Do you think that this is happening because the cost of licensing the content has gotten cheaper to the point where it makes sense for these companies to to do a free service because they're getting the content so cheaply maybe the maybe the licensors the, the actual publishers the studios or whatever are maybe they're just willing to take a cut of ads maybe they don't actually have to pay out up front that's what i was going to say i wonder if it's done on consignment yeah i mean then they really have nothing to lose Right. Whereas, you know, Netflix or who or, or, you know, spending a hundred million dollars on friends, right? Like they, you know, like they don't know whether that hundred million dollars that they spend on that actually results in any revenue whatsoever. Right. Like because the numbers are hard to explain. From, I mean, if somebody watched something on Netflix, how do you know they would have unsubscribed if they didn't if it wasn't there? Exactly. But but here, like, if I watch, you know, grumpy old men and they make a penny on it. I mean, one thing that we've learned, I think, from Spotify is how That's what I was just thinking. content can become so cheap. Like, stuff that we think of as, like, expensive stuff, like, valuable, expensive stuff. Like, we used to pay $15 for that album. Or whatever, you know, we keep hearing about all of these like major artists that are on Spotify and are really upset because they're getting like, you know, a really lame check every month from from Spotify. So like the value of music has gone down. Uh maybe the value of of movies has too. Certain certainly for older you know, licensed stuff or, or small budget projects like riff tracks, right? You yeah. know, perhaps, perhaps the idea of doing it on consignment or, or, you know, uh, a share of the ad revenue, uh, makes sense for everybody involved because, you know, what have they got to lose? Yeah. I mean, if weird Al gets like a dime for people watching, <laughs> A dime a month from people watching UHF on here. That's uh, a dime he didn't have. One of the things they're going to need to deal with if they want this to really take off is the idea of only having one movie in the middle of a series. For example, I see, they, see they only have the third Inuyasha movie. Right. You see, because it's probably the one that 
that that they nobody cares to license. That nobody cares to cares to license. I'm sure, as a consumer, you're probably looking at this like, where's the logic to this list? Like, oh, I'm sure these are movies that have been identified as not making any money right now for the studio. Right. Right. And they're like, okay, Like, like hackers. When was the last time hackers generated any money anywhere other than maybe on TBS? Right. Oh, what a horrible movie. But, um, <laughs> One of but, my all-time favorites because of how bad it sorry. is. Sorry. Sorry. It's but yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, it's because any- of how bad it is. Look, I'm hacking. <laughs> yes. I mean, there have in, been others, but the- I'm spinning in circles in a phone booth. That must mean that I'm hacking. Yeah, I don't know. I just I saw that when it was in the theater, and man, I did not like it. But anyway, yeah. So there's a handful of things on here. It obviously means that there's just a lot, yet another spot in the cheap, uh, free free content space. Mm-hmm. Uh, good, you know. Uh, but I don't think it's I don't think it's very competitive. It's a very competitive offering right now. But hey, not if you today. find a one movie that that you're interested in watching and you spend an hour, two hours watching it, then it was worth your time. Yeah. Then it was massively competitive for you. Right. So fantastic. If, if this is the place where the one weird thing is that you want to watch. Awesome. So, yeah, uh, but we're, we're seeing more and more of this, even the paid services, you know, we're, we're seeing ad supported stuff. Disney plus uh, has an ad supported tier coming soon. Um, Hulu obviously has always had it. They started entirely this model. They started uh, free with ad support, um, but that wasn't, you know, long term viable. But you know, we're we're seeing more and more of this. You know, we named a couple. You introduced me to one that I wasn't aware of already tonight. You know, it's you you never know uh, what strange thing or where you might find stuff. Yeah. I really like the idea of putting together a roundup. Of the services that we use. I also want to do... I want to see if I can find the same-ish movie um, across multiple platforms and do a uh, a comparison of how many ads you see. You know, mm-hmm. how laden it is Go- with ads. Google's... Uh, yeah, if you do that, though, make sure you do it on both mobile and desktop. Yeah, true. It, it's possible that it will be different. Yeah, true. Yeah, I want to do a big comparison of the the free services and uh, and see what comes out of it. Because, like we said, there's a lot of content that you can find out there for free on some of these services you may not have known existed. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. Uh, obviously, you noticed that we had some interaction in the chat room tonight. Thank you for reminding us of the name of Telltale. Uh, If you would like to join us in the chat in the future, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us, chat with us, uh, tell us the name of companies that have uh, completely escaped our brains. If you can't join us live, that is also okay. Uh, Plughitslive.com slash subscribe. You'll see all of our shows and all of the places that you can Uh, watch, listen, and follow along. Uh, A reminder that we are doing our audience survey right now. Uh, uh, Plughitslive.com slash audience or f5live.tv slash audience. Um, It takes about 60 seconds and we're going to do two CES CES, uh, 
surprise packages. Don't know exactly what will be in them, but bags and shirts and all kinds of stuff. Um, we're going to see if some of our partners will throw in too. Uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, it'll be available sometime after midnight tonight uh, and run through the end of uh, April. So with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we will see you back next time. Ciao.